Hello and welcome to Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast, episode 52. I am Michael Ampati. And I'm Robert Wright Stasco. And today we will be discussing the 2007 Academy Award nominee for Best Animated Feature, Persepolis. And in TV Corner, we'll be talking about the Bollywood production of Buddha, a 55-episode epic chronicling the life of the eponymous prophet and teacher. All right. So, yeah, for the second episode in a row, we're, we're kind of going off the beaten path, trying a little uh, something that's maybe not difficult to track down, but it's in the interest of diversifying. Yes. You know, we've done some blockbuster fare. We've done some more mainstream stuff. Yes, uh, so. you know we've done some recent released. Indi- oh, um, I did get my copy of the Chosen People on DVD. Oh, excellent! Just last week, so excellent. So, audience, if you're looking for how to get your hands on a copy, Robert will either invite you over to his house. Uh, we'll put his address at the end of the show, so you can just stop on by, <laughs> um, and either I, I'd I'd rather give him the the web address where they could go find it. Like, oh, or I suppose that's a viable option as well. Yeah, chosenpeoplemovie.com, and he just has it up for anybody yeah. to watch. You can buy it from the website, and I believe it's on. You can uh, VOD it from one of the websites, not YouTube, but the other one, Vimeo. Vimeo. That's okay. Right. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, there you so, go. Several options. And he is, on the website, you can see at least a dozen different film festivals that he's uh, submitted it to. So you might see it at one of those if they're in your area. So check it out. All right, good. A little, little bit of housekeeping there at the yeah. at the top of the show. Hadn't even planned that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so shall we jump right into Persepolis? Yes. All right. Basically, the log line for Persepolis is a... Uh, I don't even know how you would describe this. There was a graphic novel that a cartoonist wrote and drew. I assume she did both. I'm yes, actually yeah, not it, sure. it's, yeah, she did the... Um, it says based on the graphic novel by Marjan Satrapi on the yes. front of the DVD. Yeah, she did um, She did those books. And, and I, I saw that at the Cleveland Public Library, the oh, cool. paperback. I didn't check it out, but I saw it there. And uh, yeah, I'm sure it goes more in depth than, than yeah, I'm uh, sure book is always better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about her youth, pretty much. She was a teenager, I think, in 1978, 79, Iran, when it's been a couple weeks since I watched it was the movie. The, now I the Islamic uh, Revolution. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And. Uh, when they took over from the Shah and ushered in strict religious law uh, where women had to dress a certain way and... Yeah, they call that the Sharia law. Thank you. And overnight, their lives change, but it's about them still coping with how to go about their day-to-day lives and then war with our rock stars. It's it covers the persecution under the new regime, but mostly the movie is about her coming of age, even after she leaves Iran. Yeah, it's it's kind of a frame story. It starts out with her sitting in an airport going to France. She starts reminiscing about when she was a little girl. They they talk about a lot of the like human rights violations that you know the old government, the Shah government, had had done, like blocking people away, you know, who were dissidents, and they were fighting for a, a new government. And 
when the Islamic Revolution happened, they thought, oh, this is the solution. We're going to get rid of corruption. And, you know, it was like, here's the new boss, same as the old boss sort of thing. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. It, it reminded me a little bit of Hotel Rwanda. You ever see that movie with Don Cheadle? I did not. It talks about the civil war that started in Rwanda, and there was a hotel there where, I don't want to get too much into it, but it, the, the, the people that they were trying to get rid of, uh, he hid him away in his hotel and locked the hotel and wouldn't let the army come in and get him. And it was this thing where you're, you have a normal life, and it wasn't like, you know, we think Africa, we think like third world poverty, but this was like a neighborhood, like a suburban American neighborhood, all right? It was first world type of living, you know, people in suits and ties, and all of a sudden hell breaks loose, and your whole world is turned upside down, and what do you do? And and it, the same thing was happening in Persepolis. They, they had these first world lives, very progressive for the 70s, you know, just yeah. coming out of the, the 60s, you know. Uh, they were talking about getting freedom for sort of the rights that we take for granted here in America they were still fighting for. And they thought that was going to happen, but it didn't. It got <laughs> it got worse. So and that not and if not if you were a man. No, no. If you were a woman, yeah, because it's told yeah. from her point of view. Yeah. And she starts speaking out and getting into trouble, and then they send her off to France, and uh, and that that's what that's sort of the interesting thing that happens because then she has the same sort of re- reaction against the the prevalent Catholic religion in Catholic. I'm sorry, I made up word. <laughs> the the prevalent Catholicism. That is in France, so it wasn't really the Catholicism. I I thought it was it was the nuns, the those yeah. those nuns at the the place where she was sta- the boarding house. Yeah, well, let's deconstruct this a little bit. Like, okay. look, looking at like what she was reacting against in Iran. Yeah, she was at a party with a guy, yeah, her... and they they got up on the roof and they're trying to run away, and they they're jumping from roof to roof, and one guy fell a couple stories and died. And that's when they shift her out. So it yeah. was, you know, she had a, a bad reaction, you know, trying to hold her tongue and not speak out against what was going on in, in Iran. And then she she had that same sort of bad reaction to the nuns. And it was, it's not like she's reacting against the religious order or the religion per se, but the, the okay. people... You're, you're right. The, the people who use a religion to hold power. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying now. It's I not, was I was yeah. comparing the the macro situations, but I I see what you're trying. I I get your point now. Yeah, yeah. it does. It doesn't matter what religion. Yeah, she was reacting. Against. It wasn't the religion per se. It was the people who were kind of abusing the religion to get yeah. their own way. <laughs> she never um, she never once says. You know, I want to. I I don't like what's going on in this country. I am renouncing what I believe. A, a lot of it is going along to get it along, but with her, it's up to a certain point because of her nature, you right? Know, because she's a free spirit. Yeah, and after she's in France for a while, she she kind of drops out of school. And uh, she has a couple bad relationships, yeah. and after she has one breakup, yeah, lives a very bohemian life. Yeah, she she ends up out on the street and gets pneumonia, and they they find her and take her back to Iran. To, uh, and after she heals up and 
gets over her depression. She goes back to school and she starts speaking out against some of the things like they have a remember the part where they had the assembly and they're telling all the girls, well, you have to cover up your whole face now and uh, you can't wear these things, you know, because you're distracting the guys. And she stands up and it's like, well, that's all good. We don't mind doing that. But, you know, could you tell the guys not to wear such tight jeans because we could see their balls sticking out of them? <laughs> yes, and, you I know? Do remember that. And so it wasn't like she was like, you know, I'm not going to do this. She's like, well, if you're going to do this, let's do this equally, you know? So that that was an interesting point, I think, too. That it, yeah. it, it pointed out that, you know, the men in power were using the religion to get their own ways and but not applying the same rules to themselves. Yeah, there was so. I I got the impression that for all the for all the restrictions uh you know, alcohol was forbidden, but I I have a hard time believing that all of the people enforcing those rules didn't have their own stashes and yeah. Yeah. So what else did you like about Persepolis? Uh, I thought it was it, it it was like I said at the top of the show, uh, Academy Award nominee for best animated feature. Um, I forget exactly what won in two thousand seven. Uh, probably a Pixar movie. And the the animation style uh, is what I'm trying to say. It was really creative, uh, copied straight from the graphic novel. It looks it looks like the graphic novel looks. They didn't try and make it look like a Pixar movie. It really works. It, it goes from color to black and white in the the flashback. All the flashback stuff is black and white. Yeah, um, I didn't really only... notice that until the end when it, the frame story catches back up where she's back in right. the airport and she lands back in Paris. Uh, all right, I'm looking. Uh, nominee, 2008. Yeah, 2007, Ratatouille. Opposite, Persepolis and Surf's Up. This movie was better than Ratatouille. Ratatouille yeah. was okay. Yeah, it was. I I liked it. It for was what okay. it was. Yeah, but it wasn't like my favorite Pixar movie either. No, it yeah. And and Surf's Up wasn't. I never that great. saw that. That's the boy where like Shia LaBeouf voice a puffer. A yeah. Puffin. Yeah, they're surfing surfing penguins. Are they penguins or puffins? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. It lost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure this was a better movie than that, too. Yes. Um, anyway. Yeah, well, this one gave you something to think about, something yes. to talk about. Yeah. Ratatouille just gave you, like, a warm feeling inside, you know, like Disney does. So. I mean, I don't I don't like cooking. I don't like rats. I've never been to <laughs> France. I like Patton Oswalt. I like Brad Bird. You know, I'm fans yeah. of both of them, but... Yeah. Um. So <laughs> what were we talking about? Anyway, the um, what, what you liked about yeah, the movie. I liked I liked the animation style. I liked the voice cast. Um, the same lady who did the original French track is she moved to France. Uh, the the end of the movie has her moving to France for good. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's a French language animated film. I watched it dubbed, air quotes dubbed. Um, you yeah, can't, me too. Yeah. You can't really dub an animated movie in another language. You, you, um, could, you could dub uh, an animated movie in any language. <laughs> I think we're arguing semantics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know um, what you mean, like sub versus dub when yeah. it comes to like a live action movie. Yeah. I yeah. I didn't bother with subtitles. 
because it seemed pointless. And yeah. there's even an extra on the DVD where they talk about how they had to rewrite the they had to translate the movie to the mouth movements. Um but like they like yeah. people on it was like the same people who worked on the script did the translation. Yeah, and that you don't often find that with no. movies. Usually when a movie gets exported to a different country, um that country will do the subbing and dubbing and stuff. That's prevalent on you know most Japanese movies. They will not do the you know just any kind of um, movie from you know the east that comes over here. You know Japanese, Chinese, uh, Taiwanese, you know uh, South Korean. Um, those are a lot of the movies I watch. Hong Kong. Um, they're if they're dubbed, they're dubbed here in America. And so, and you'll hear like a lot of the same cast in all these different <laughs> movies, you know. So uh, it, it was interesting that you know part part of the original cast did the the yeah. dubbing on this. Yeah, one too, the main so. like the main characters who did the voice of Marjan in the movie did both versions. Um, Iggy Pop was her uncle, I think. Yeah. in in the U.S. dub, that yeah. was that was interesting. He did a good job too. Yeah. Um, I forget some other people that I had heard of. Susan was Susan Strandon? I think so. I think she paid yeah, I think she was in there. Uh, that sounds right. Um I'm sorry. I, I'm I did I did watch unprepared. like years ago I watched it in French. And I, it was and it was it was I enjoyed it just as much. I and, took and French that's why in high school, and I would not be able to watch yeah. a movie in it. <laughs> yeah. We had, oh, Catherine Deneuve was the mother, and she's the real-life mother of the lady who played Marjan, I believe. I think I remember hearing that in the extras. Oh, okay. Um, but just in the French version. She wasn't in yeah. the English version. For whatever reason, she's Catherine Deneuve speaks English. Gina Rollins as the grandmother, not Susan Strain. I don't know how I mixed those two. Maybe I saw them in a movie together. Sean Penn as the father, Iggy Pop as Uncle Anush. So yeah, they the the voice cast was all was good. It was it was a little refreshing to see something different, and it just even though it was adapted from a graphic novel, it felt original. My yeah. biggest complaint about it, and this is just because I didn't. I didn't know what the story was. I thought it was all about the regime in Iran at the time. I didn't know she was moving to Paris and acting out and Yeah. I that that part kind of dragged for me because it's not yeah. what we were not what I thought you and I were going to be discussing. Yeah. Yeah, because at at that point it starts getting into the coming of age stuff. Yeah, and, um, all the guys she bangs. Yeah, and you know they're turn out to all to be losers. Or yeah, they're cheating on her and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's it's not easy being a free spirit. It's not just from this independent movie that we can glean this information. There are plenty of independent movies that uh, yeah, like all of them. Th they have the same the same moral, <laughs> but. Uh, what I did like about it was some of the little asides where she was either sleeping or intoxicated and speaks with God. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Yeah. I like the one where she's speaking with God and then Karl Marx shows up. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that was funny. Yeah, the animation is is spectacular on this, too. I 
I have no idea how this lost to Ratatouille other than people who voted on it saw Ratatouille and not this. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I think because it was a foreign movie, probably more Americans saw yeah. Ratatouille. And, and the Academy, it's basically, uh, I've learned it's a pat yourself on the back sort of celebration, you know. Yeah, I I like watching the Oscars, but I'm under no illusions that it's it always rewards quality. Yes. Um, like Shakespeare in love. <laughs> yes, I knew that was coming. Or um, how green was my valley? Won over Citizen Kane. That was a political move. I don't. I've, it, never, it, even, it, I've it, never even heard of that second yeah, one. Yeah, it's. I watched it, and it's a, a a long, boring World War II movie, and Citizen Kane is just so much better. <laughs> but uh, I was I was joking, like I'd never heard of Citizen Kane. Oh, it was Citizen Kane! It was Citizen Kane! The kids in the hall sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I need to. I need to catch up on my kids in the hall. I've only seen like a few of the oh really iconic my God. ones, like All right. squish your head. And yeah, we're gonna uh, crushing your head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the, my my. We're not gonna go off on a tangent here, but Robert is absolutely right that he needs to catch up on the kids in the hall, and so do you. Yeah. So, what's your final judgment on Persepolis? Um. Well, I liked it. It was it was different. I thought it was beautiful, for lack of a better word. And what I was really taken aback by was how things just turned on a dime in her world. Yeah. And I wonder if that could ever happen here. And that is what I took away from the movie and it's not. I don't think it's so bad in America yet, but I think we got. We're getting a little taste of. You know, you get a change in leadership. I think we're and a little things closer start, than I would like. Yeah, and and that's part of the reason why I picked the movie because it has sort of. And I, actually, no, it's not the reason I picked the movie. I picked the movie because we. Um, I was. I've had this on my shelf for a while, and I was. Hey, it's about time we've done it. But when I watched it it had an eerie sort of resonance with me. Like, okay, I could see this sort of uh, political things like the protests and things that are happening. It's it's happening right now in America. So I'm, I'm wondering if we might see something get, things get worse before they get better like they did in the movie here. It so. still hasn't gotten better, has it? No. Uh, all right. Well, on that, <laughs> on that note, shall we... Uh, Move along to a uh, little bit of a lighter yes uh, topic. We, we, we need we need peace. Yes, in our lives. So let let's and enlightenment. Yes. So let's let's turn to TV corner and see what the Buddha has to say about that. So, uh, we're watching The Buddha. Actually, it's just Buddha. It's just Buddha. Yeah, not The Buddha. It's like Facebook, not The Facebook. It's like Batman, not The Batman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, before we tangent off into nothingness. Um, <laughs> Too late. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's let's talk about this show. Yeah, it, it's it is... on Netflix, so it's 
readily and that's sort of the the glory of the age we live in so yeah. these things that would not have been available to us before we can stream to everybody's uh living room and you know get to experience uh different things from different parts of the world and yeah don't get me started on the streaming revolution it's <laughs> uh, it's like so many other things are just crap these days but being able to watch tv your way makes it just that much better and we got a little bit of buddha in our lives to make it better too so i had not seen the show before i recommended it and uh you know so it was kind of we were in uncharted territory yeah not sure how this was the the quality of it but i think we were pleasantly surprised by uh what we were watching i have to admit after the first episode that i watched I couldn't tell if it had high production values or low production values. I was on the fence because on the one hand, it kind of plays like a as Robert, I, I might be stealing a little bit of go, his go thunder. Go ahead, here. go ahead. Steal my thunder. He he said and this this is all him. It plays like a telenovela. That's absolutely true. There is soap opera level acting in this. Yeah. The one woman who is, she's vying for power. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, he, it's like the king's sister-in-law, I yeah. think she yeah. was. Yes, that's exactly who she was. A uh, little background. Uh, Buddha uh, was born uh, Siddharth. Uh, Siddhartha Gautama. Yes. He, oh, you got the whole thing. Good job. I did a lot of Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and he, so he grew up in luxury and riches. Uh, his father was the king. He was a prince. He had every opportunity, and 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 there was uh, a prophecy at his birth. I don't know if this was part of the true story or if it was invented for this drama, because as as the same song says, it's a true story. So, but it was so long yeah. ago, and there's so much we really yeah. don't know. More on that later. But, but uh, there was a prophecy that he would grow up to be a, an ascetic, and and his dad was like, "No, he's going to be a warrior." And so that's the conflict at the beginning of the show. But the the sister-in-law, who she wants her son to, to ascend to the throne and take over, and she is she snarls so much and plays such a melodramatic bad guy. She should have had a mustache so she could twirl it. <laughs> Everybody you know? else, all the all the guys had mustaches. Yes, like literally the only man, the only males without facial hair are Buddha and his disciples. Yeah, all the other regular guys. Beards, long beards, long mustaches, and one of the things you're talking about, like the you know the high, was it high production or yeah. low production? All the slow mo, yes, oh, just like yeah. random, random slow mo, not like focusing on something like something dropping. No, just cut away to somebody, and you see them kind of half turn to look, and it's yeah. a slow mo, and that's back to normal a half second later. It's yeah jarring yeah that i think they borrow that from like the hong kong style of filming because you see that a lot really especially in like Wong Kar Wai movies what's the point of yeah. it what what emotional response is that supposed to elicit yeah i don't know maybe that's maybe that's the the cultural disconnect you know it, it, maybe it's just something that they're used to and you know over on the other side yeah, of the world and I, we're not and in our you know entertainment yeah. it's striking how many things are the same like 
the the music is very manipulative yeah. in this. It tells you exactly what is good or bad happening at, yep. at any second. Yep. It'll change on a dime, like well, just like the, the 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 picture does. Yeah. So does the music, and it, it it's it, that's why it's like very telenovela. And, yeah, you know, they'll, I noticed they'll that Zoom too. in on a face, you know, to get that reaction. Yeah. They used they used kind of different instruments. Like yeah. rather than mostly strings, they used well, they used different like sitars and they used Indian uh, yeah Indian instruments instruments. Yeah. But uh, the the but Robert's right. I I noticed that too. What really struck me where I came around was when I realized the the, the costuming was super elaborate, and I don't always think to pay attention to that because you know I'm watching. You know, a regular. I'm try, I'm trying to think of a a show I like that has just like people like The West Wing has people in suits. Yeah. You know, I I don't I don't always think of you know the wardrobe and the costume, but this is it's like front and center, and you can't miss it. I mean, it's it's fabulous. Like everything, it, just the detail and um, the the colorfulness, the elaborateness of like the the headgear and the you know everything about it it was just i mean it, it's much more than you see on a television production in america that's for yeah. sure i mean uh, uh one example look at the inhumans i mean terrible costumes i have not actually <laughs> watched the inhumans I, I watched like the first couple episodes and i have no desire to watch anymore but it, i mean it's just just boring to look at uh, but this one is just a, a joy to look at the show um, the Buddha, and it just 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 Buddha. I'm sorry, I keep doing that. Yeah, Buddha show is just tremendous to look at, and the sets too are pretty good. Uh, some of the stunts were like there's there was a part where an elephant is supposed to be on a rampage, and you could tell this elephant was really not <laughs> on a rampage. It was, <laughs> you know, they do like a lot of quick cuts and quick shots. You know, like the elephant has a it's got his trunk wrapped around the guy's arm you see a, like a two second shot of him screaming but you know he's just like petting the elephant oh, you know oh so it's like yeah. when the incredible hulk used to fight animals yes <laughs> yes exactly I, you'd show a bear and then you show the hulk growling and then you see the hulk throwing a fake bear yeah <laughs> it was exactly like that it was exactly uh, like that yeah. but you know most of all and Overall, the effects were pretty good, like uh, the one where he achieves enlightenment. Remember that one? I do. And What effect are you talking about specifically? Um, well, like the, the part where he's he finally achieves the enlightenment and uh, you know his um, his ego and unconscious come together. Right. That was, I and didn't think that was anything special. Yeah, it wasn't anything, but it was well done. It didn't look like, oh, hey, that, that's... Cra- you know, but it, it it did have sort of a feel of like uh like nineties yeah l- l- like uh like you know like Xena or yeah yeah uh, Babylon Five you know that sort uh, of yeah it's hard, it's hard <laughs> to watch Babylon Five these days uh, yeah it's a little better than that so yeah but I I would I would argue that it's it's not really about the CG. No, uh, it's a, it's about it's about his life and yeah. his teachings and how I mean you could see the way he lives his life is yeah. a, a, you know, something that you would want to do yourself and they they, they take the sh- the show's fifty five episodes long. Need to say we didn't have the time or no. desire to watch all fifty five, but I watched 
probably maybe 15 episodes. I watched five and a half. Yeah. And, uh, well, I gave well, you, I gave no, you the I watched, five. I watched half of, half of 53, all of 54, and half of 55. Because yeah. 55, the, the last episode, the show wraps up in, spoiler alert, but as we always say, if you haven't watched it, why are you listening to <laughs> yeah. this? Uh, spoiler alert, Buddha dies in episode 54, not episode 55. 55 is like a clip show. It has the, the producer come on in in front of a bunch of green screen, which was a little weird. Yeah. Um, in di- like different backgrounds, <laughs> too. Yeah. He's like in front of different temples yeah. and stuff. But, yeah. you know, that's that was kind of cool. And then he'd show clips of some of Buddha's teachings. And so I, I decided, you know what, this is not going to <laughs> make our discussion any better. So I, yeah. I, I turned it off. But I watched half of the one before 54 just to kind of see yeah the lead in to it like to see how he was mortally wounded or whatever i guess he eats some poison mushrooms or something yeah does are they were they poisoned or just bad they were i didn't catch that yeah well like he eats it and yeah i like, think i think he knew they were bad like the guy oh. says but i i spent all day picking these mushrooms and i made them just for you so he's like Okay, I'll eat your mushrooms, and he did. And he's like, "Okay, well, go bury these. Don't let anyone else eat them, because uh, I'm telling you right now, they're they're bad." Yeah, they do a bunch <laughs> of slow mo yeah. of him like deciding whether or not to eat them. Yeah, and it's like it's like he knew, but then he also knew. Well, it's like, kind of my time, like Christopher Eccleston in that. Uh, yes, I, what was the name of that? The Second Coming. Thank you. It's interesting because watching this, and, and I, I guess reading about Buddha's life on the page, I, I studied him in you know for in my world religions classes, and 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 reading about his teachings, it's different to see it portrayed dramatically, and to see like the uh, the major points in his life come to life really, uh, for for us and. What it really reminded me of was Maudib in Dune. I'm reading Dune, and so reading. Yeah, so I'm I'm really picking up on those things that Frank Herbert incorporated. You could really see how it was patterned on uh, Muhammad and Buddha. I will keep that in mind when he's. We're still on. I'm still in the first book. the The Duke is yeah. still alive, so I will when I when I get to that part, I'll keep that. Yeah, in mind. It, it's it's in that like like the second and third parts of the book, mm-hmm. where you know he's really coming into his own and taking charge of the Fremen. Like the Buddha's enlightenment really reminded me of when Maudib in the movie Paul Maudib in the, in the movie Dune um, took the water of life, and he, you know he says the sleeper has awakened. And and that Buddha says that about too about becoming enlightened. He he's awake now to ah it, it, you know you see the parallels there yeah. And I have I see I think it was last year I finished reading um, more of the prequel books and the the books that kind of finish off the saga as well. Frank Herbert's son wrote along with um, Kevin Anderson. You're a braver soul than I. Yeah. Well, they're. I mean, there's some that are pretty good. Like the the last the last I, two. Like if you go through the whole series, go ahead and read yeah. the last two. Okay. Um, and there's 
three prequels that um, they they show how the Fremen came to Dune, um, how the spice was discovered, how the guilds got started. Um, it, you know, it gives a lot of that sort of backstory why they um, don't use machines or computers at all, and and that ties into the last books that they so take a break after book six, read those other three, and then read the last two. I'll, I'll send you an email or something. <laughs> but it'll it'll make those last two books better. But anyways, uh, in those prequel books, they talk about how, like, before before the Fremen go to Dune and become the, the Fremen, they are, um, uh, like, Buddhist-Islamics. Ah, okay. Yeah. So so they're those authors were very aware of you know what they're doing and how they're you know how Frank Herbert pieced together the character of uh, Paul Maldiv and watching this show uh, you know it made me think back and appreciate uh, those books and you know that movie a little bit more because oh I could see because I think I little knew a lot more about Islam than I did about Buddhism and so I connected those dots but now I connected these dots too and it. it it was like, oh yeah, this is really deeper stuff than I was thinking. I was hampered a little bit trying to watch the show because I don't have any cultural background for what was going on, and I I I really felt like that would have helped. Yeah, um, I didn't know what year it was supposed to take place, uh, or what the politics of the region were. Kind of culturally assumed, I I yeah. maybe. That the target audience, the target viewership for the show, wouldn't have that same roadblock. Yeah, as me. It's so like I, it's like when we watched Downton Abbey, we can understand that. <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> well, my wife, uh, she understood it. Let me put it that way. Okay. She was able to explain it to me. But you know, we don't have. Yeah, I, I think had, you're I've right. Never, there's, there's. Yeah, I've never had servants. I don't understand Downton Abbey. Yeah. Well. My wife, she she loves that kind of period and those kind of books, you know, and so she was able to explain, you know, a little more to me what was going on, you know, socially. And I think that's kind of what we needed a little bit in this. Yeah. I, know, in terms of, like, I know some, some of the religious things when, you know, he's talking about, like, sort of the religious rituals and... Uh, and, and why he wanted to change some of those that I understood, but some of the other things like the the court politics, I think was, uh, yeah. I think a little beyond you and me. Yeah, like there was the one episode where bad uncle set young Siddhartha up to be whipped for vouching for somebody that the bad uncle then told not to deliver food. I, I, it was convoluted, yeah. but I, I, like, what system of laws is this? So I, yeah, I went to the Wikipedia. <laughs> Stop making fun of me. Never. <laughs> and uh, I, I searched for I searched for the show specifically, and it just gave background on a little bit on the producer and on when it premiered. It was actually not very helpful. It did have a little bit of trivia. They had to edit something because I guess Nepal was upset that it came out and explicitly said that Buddha was from present-day India, which they don't know for sure. But that was one of the things I looked up on the article for Buddha was 
for all that this was dramatized, there's a lot that they don't actually know for certain about Buddha's life. They don't know exactly when he lived. He could have died anywhere between 493 B.C. and 400 B.C. Like, there's a 93-year variation in the years when he could have lived until... And like, there's nothing concrete that's still, and he was, it was that long. It was 500 years BC, so it was 2,500 years ago. Yeah, that's just like 500 years before Christ. Yeah, and... way too big of a number. I can't count like millennia ago. Yeah, I, I just I don't have that kind of grip on like what was going on in the rest of the world then, let alone present-day India or Nepal. They don't know what language Buddha spoke. Yeah. Which astonishes me, because we know what language Jesus spoke two th- or 500 years later. Yeah. So, I I don't know. It, it's I, a, a lot of the other stuff that was on there was stuff, even in the episodes that I saw, like the names of the king and the king's wife, who was not Buddha's mother, which I found out from wikipedia because i didn't watch that episode the first yeah episode. they they do that in the um, first couple episodes it also said he was estimated to live to about 80 and that dude they didn't even bother trying to make him look old no um probably just as well well once he became enlightened he had this you know everyone talked about the glow he had yeah and, you know his hair was it looks he looked they made him look just like the statues yeah. <laughs> Which was, was that supposed to be his real hair? Was I mean, on the show, was it supposed to be his real hair? I, I think so. Okay. And it, it was supposed to mark him as enlightened. You know, he, would, okay. he didn't look... He, he wasn't Siddhartha anymore. He was the Buddha. Okay. And, and I was using it properly there. The I got Buddha. it. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so don't make fun of me. And... Uh, yeah, and, and I think it goes to show that he is a different person... Okay. Because of his enlightenment. But, I mean, in real life, it was a wig, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a sock. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and, and it made him look like the statue. And, like, like, uh, yeah. like the episode where he's dying and he's, you know, reclining with, like, his head. I've seen statues of him like oh, that, too. Oh, okay. You know, with, with his, like, uh, his hand holding up his head. You know, he's kind of laying on his side. I've seen, you know, like, I've seen statues of like that, too. Like, you see a lot of statues of buddha we we kind of joke like oh you have a buddha belly in, in that culture that's a sign of wisdom and also like the long ears you see like the statues where his, his ears come down to like his shoulders and that that is a, a sign of wisdom as well so those are the things i recall from from class but yeah this had a, lo- a more of a realistic feel you know the except aside, for, aside from the hair <laughs> except for the the cg and yeah. all of that the, the, yeah. the cg glow yeah, and flying elephants. Yeah, but you know, one thing I, I did notice um, in terms of the things that Buddha was saying was a lot of similar things to what Christ said 500 years later. So there's there's um I think a lot of overlap there. In um, do you think Jesus was plagiarizing? Could uh, a could a case for Christ plagiarizing be made? I, I don't know if you'd call it plagiarizing, but I, I could elaborate on how you know, we we have been searching for God as a, a race for 
so long, and we have different accounts and different religions. And uh, of course, I believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. But I think a lot of people have come close, and Buddha would be one of those who came close, you know, because truth is truth, and a lot of the things He says are true, and uh, you know, and Jesus says a lot of the same things that are true. That's that's my thought and my idea, and you know if I if I wasn't a Christian if I wasn't following Christ if I had no idea who Jesus was I would most likely be a Buddhist because it's it's that um, idea of um, trying to find an inner peace and the reason I'm not a Buddhist is because uh, you have to work for that in Buddhism you really have to work hard yeah and who's got and time a, for that and attain it. Well, it, it's I kid. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> it, it, it's an equal type of, um, I'd say, I wouldn't say work as in trying to attain salvation because that's a lot of things that Buddha was said. You you can attain your salvation if you do this, 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 and this. And with God, it's if you confess with your mouth that Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that uh, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the simplicity and the good news of the gospel. And attaining the peace that you know Paul talks about you know, a lot in the gospels, um, it comes through giving yourself up to the Holy Spirit. And that's the difficulty where it's easier said than done. Because we want so much to do our own way and go after what the things that we want. And you see a lot of characters in um, the Buddha show who are just Buddha. I said the Buddha show. <laughs> yeah, but that's not the uh, name of it. I sorry, know. I'm sorry. I'm Stop sorry. Stop making fun of me. <laughs> but anyways, in that show there about Buddha, <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of characters who, it's not that they were giving in to their greed. It's they couldn't control their greed, their lust for power, you know, these sort of things. And he's saying, well, there's another way to live. If you do it just like this, and there's uh, a part where he talked to a king who was uh, going to war with his dad's kingdom and stuff, and he talked to him, and he, you know, started following Buddha and his ways, and went after, and he talked to just like regular people. He's like, you know, don't stop being a king, don't stop being a merchant. You could do all these things and still follow my teachings and make the whole world a better place, and so. Um, and that's that's the same thing with Christianity. You don't have to become a monk or a nun to follow Christ. Anyone can do it, uh, but you have to have an equal amount of commitment uh, to follow his teaching and his commandments and also turn your life over to the Holy Spirit and trust in him to change your heart and your mind and, and you know get rid of the, the things that make you angry, that make you lustful, that... Uh, you know all these things and and engender peace in your life. What's wrong with being lustful? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking about the Simpsons episode where Flanders calls up the the pastor. It's like, I, I, I think I'm coveting my own wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, how do we follow that? I, who knows? Um, well, let's go to the final judgment. What, what do you right. think about the show that? The show Buddha. <laughs> I almost said it, the Buddha. <laughs> you can make fun of me for that. I deserve it now. Uh, <laughs> I I have to be honest. I it it was easier to watch once I got used to it. It yeah. was I I was worried between the subtitles 
and the telenovelaism and it being about Buddha, I was worried it was going to be not easily accessible, but it actually wasn't. It was pretty entertaining. And uh, if it sounds like your cup of tea, check it out. Yeah, I actually learned a lot. I mean, like I said, I studied a, a little bit about Buddha's life and his teachings, but seeing it played out like this and it come alive and it, you know, he's he's a, a man to be admired. And I think there's a lot that we can learn, I, I think, even as Christians from what he has to say. All right. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, please put the uh, Wikipedia links to Buddha and Buddha the show uh, in in yeah. on the on the page, so we'll people can have all the same. They everybody listening can be as smart as me about the show. All right. Well, for next time, uh, uh, what ne- are we doing? What uh, did we say we we're gonna do? Uh, for next time, we're getting back to basics. We're uh, we went off the li- off the beaten path a little bit the last two episodes, uh, so we're getting back in our lane uh, for next month. Uh, for the movie, we are going to be talking about uh, the case for Christ. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that's about. I just know it's a movie that exists and has the word Christ. Type. Well, it's it's I'm about sorry. it's about Lee Strobel. He's a prominent Christian writer now, but at one time he was a journalist who was an atheist as well, and he went on a journey to kind of prove to himself that. Uh, and kind of debunk all this stuff about Christianity. and Based on the true story of an award-winning investigative journalist and avowed atheist who applies his well-honed journalistic and legal skills to disprove the newfound Christian faith of his wife with unexpected life-altering results. Yes. Uh, this is the dramatization that just came out this year. Yes. Was it, right? Wasn't this guy... This guy was in... Was it God's Not Dead 2? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he does that's make what a cameo I was, there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and... Um, do not confuse this with the document. You know, I think I have the documentary. I, I have to look at on my shelf. There's a documentary. It's like a talking head documentary, sort of like the chosen people that we watched. Um, or he, he he tells a story about this this journey he went on. So I'm sure this is this dramatization will be much more entertaining. And uh, what are we looking for at TV Corner? In TV Corner, we're doing a brand new show. Um, I haven't actually watched it, but it seems... I haven't watched it either. It seems custom-made for us to talk about. Kevin probably saves the world, uh, starring John Ritter's son, Jason Ritter, and some other people whose names I don't recognize. Oh, J. August Ritter's. He was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Kevin, a down-on-his-luck man, is tasked by God with a mission to save the world. So I don't know anything about it beyond that. I I read some blurbs about it, and it sounded... I haven't seen a trailer. I haven't seen a second of footage. Uh, but that seems... I saw like a 30-second trailer, okay. like a commercial. You're so. 30 seconds up on Hulu. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's uh, on Hulu. It's on, it's on Hulu. It airs on ABC, but the first... Four episodes of as of this recording are on Hulu, which is where I'm going to watch them over my vacation in a couple weeks. So, and uh, where is aside aside from the library where you just saw it? Where is the case for Christ available? Uh, can anywhere we, can, can we stream it? You could probably I'm, get it at Redbox. I'm sure you I'm can assuming. get it on VOD, like yeah. uh, iTunes. Who, uh, maybe not Hulu, but 
Hang on. I think it's too new to be um, a subscription, but I could be wrong. Yeah, Amazon, I, you have to pay for it. But it's on it's on Blu-ray and DVD and VOD, but not like Netflix or Hulu or HBO or Stars. Right. Mike Vogel, where have I seen him? Oh, I think I know who that is. I think I know what I've seen him in. What? What you see him in? Hang on. Yep, ding, ding, ding. Under the Dome. <laughs> I watched like... I, I think watched, half the first season. I watched the whole first season. It was bad. Yeah, I heard it got worse, too, as it went on. I love the book, too. The book is really good. It's long. Speaking of books, but yeah, I just finished Insomnia. Oh, yeah? And that was... I enjoyed that. Yeah, it's interesting. I've I've read it twice, I think. And I'm just starting The Wind Through the Keyhole. Okay. Um... But I'm a little disappointed because uh, Stephen King is reading it, and I'm used oh, to I'm used yeah. to the other guy. I mean, Stephen King is a great author, but he's not he's much not a great him. reader. Yeah, but and, and I'm uh, uh, the other guy who did all the other uh, books in the Dark Tower series. He passed he away. Yeah. before that one came out. Before so. five came out. Yeah, even. So okay, uh, looks like or no, he was he was still alive when five came out because there's a blurb in the back of it about him, but. He couldn't do it. He'd already had his accident. Oh yeah, that's a shame. So, but uh, getting back off our tangent here, it looks like that case for Christ is also available at Redbox, or as some people call it, yeah. the Redbox. <laughs> yeah, it's on. <laughs> I I said it was on Blu-ray and DVD. I think yeah. it's. I think you can logically assume that it's at. Yeah. Well, no. well, things are all jacked up now because well, things come out sometimes a month before it's on two weeks. On they'll come out on VOD, and then it'll come out for retail sale before it'll come out for rental on Redbox. Oh, so. see, I thought it was just that might be a, a Redbox thing. I thought it was. Yeah. They see, c- they come out on VOD first. And then when the disc comes out to purchase, then you can rent it. On it comes out to rent. Yeah, it not always. Not, not always. always? Okay. Yeah, a lot of times I'll be able to buy something before I see it come out on Redbox. It'll, you know, and see, that, I never that, use Redbox, it, so I yeah. don't worry about it. And, and see, this is from the movie uh, studios because they always, when I worked at Blockbuster, they tr- they fought and tried to get um, a different. Uh, street dates for for uh, selling and for rental. Remember so when they could make more money because right. they, they make more money off selling a movie than they do renting. Remember it. when it used to be reversed? When VHS tapes would cost like uh, over a hundred dollars oh, because yeah. because they'd be for rental first. Yeah. And then, like I I remember having to wait for Evita to come out oh, to yeah. buy. And yeah. uh, it, it was like hundreds of dollars on the list price was hundreds of dollars for VHSs because they sold them to Blockbuster and other rental places. And who's I can't even think of another one now. And later on, eventually, it would come out to like 20 bucks and yeah. you could. But it was a big deal when it was day and date sale and rental. Yeah. Like, I, I think... Uh, a Batman, Batman Forever, maybe. We, we yeah. got it at we got it at 
uh, he still would have been Revco then. Yeah, I remember I got. This was before I worked at Blockbuster, because yeah, I was still in high school um, when the None first Jurassic Park came out, <laughs> and I got it like a week before Street Date because, you know, they got the copies in, but someone down the street had still had started selling them, so they had to sell them too. So I got I pre-ordered mine and I got out a week early. I was so happy. So was my mom because that's why we're favorite movies too. Nice, so. that's one of mine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's do our uh, <laughs> our CTG podcast review of uh, Jurassic Park. Well, they meddled in God's domain. Shouldn't do that. The end. They were <laughs> they were so busy wondering if they could do a thing that they never stopped to consider whether or not they should. <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. <laughs> no, no practice at all. <laughs> no practice at all. Just completely. Thank you, Ian Malcolm. He was sitting right next to him right now. Great. <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that, yeah. <laughs> that does it for um, episode 52 yeah. of Checking the Gate podcast. The Checking the Gate. <laughs> <laughs> Last one, I promise. Okay. So, uh, again, next time we're doing Case for Christ. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And Kevin saves the world probably. (laughs) We'll see you then. All right. (laughs) This is uh, Robert saying keep the faith and Mike saying peace out. (laughs) 